Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Traverse Theatre, Edinburgh. We now join the theatre's literary associate and your host, Rosie Kelliger. Welcome to the Travcast, where we talk to writers and theatre makers about their processes. And today I'm delighted to welcome back to the Traverse a member of the Traverse 50, Alan Gordon. Alan is an Edinburgh-based playwright who's currently working with Strangetown Theatre, making theatre with and for young people. His plays for Strangetown include Teach Me, which was shortlisted for the Scottish Arts Club Theatre Award at the Edinburgh Fringe in 2012, and his new double bill, What Next and What Now, which will be coming to the Traverse on the 10th and 11th of June. Alan, it's really nice to have you here today. How are you doing? It's really nice to be here. Um, I'm doing very well. Excellent. Um, I'd love to talk to you a bit about Strangetown, because they're a really uh, fantastic Edinburgh-based company working with young people, and they have... um, a process which strikes me is as brilliant for writers as it is uh, for uh, the young people who are members of the company. And I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about what that process is, the process of creating work with the company. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would agree that it's such a great, not only for the young people, but as a young writer that's coming sort of up into the scene, it's been really useful for me actually working to brief and working on a commission and the sort of different range. I mean, I've written everything from a panto um, to a fringe show uh, for Strange Town. So it's been really nice to have that sort of diverse range of work and sort of writing to brief. Because um, I think so often now you you write a play and then send it out into the world and hope someone gets back. But actually it's a really different skill set being told, OK, this is a group of young people. We need a play that fits them and something I really like about Strange Town's work is they 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 never want so much of youth theatre. There's a big choral element, or um, there's very much main parts. And one of the sort of important things that gets briefed to the writers is that it's kind of like a part for everyone. Some everyone's sort of included, which is a challenge um, in and of itself. But it's a really interesting one, and it's one that I think has developed my writing when I take it out of the youth theatre sort of sector. And I think what Strange Town does really well is it bridges that gap between sort of what is perceived as youth theatre and sort of some of the tags that come with that and actual just this is theatre and yet it's being made by young people but it's for an audience that is interested in theatre in a much more general sense. Absolutely and I think certainly um, the company's work with The Fringe has proved that in spades in terms of the reviews it's garnered, the audiences who flock to see it. Um, I wonder if you could talk us through uh, what that process is so you get your commission from Strangetown uh, and you work really closely with the young people themselves in the room. Do you want to just give us an insight into how that works? Yeah, so normally I like the first session um, when they're back, um, I'd always like to be in the room and sort of speaking to them. Um, It kind of works in very different ways. Sometimes we're given a theme. So uh, at Christmas it tends to be like a panto with a twist was one that we worked on. Um, So when you've got that theme, it's a nice jumping off point. But sometimes, um, as is the case with our upcoming show what now what next it was very much like open season and that means the young people become sort of 
key in sort of shaping what the play is going to be about because I went in with a complete notion of what I'd like to write about but actually it's about what the young people want and they've actually sparked sort of me to write plays that I never would have uh, written in the past. I mean, my the Fringe Show, uh, Teach Me, that I did, that sprung up from a young company session, uh, their 18 to 25s model. Um, there was literally a day of, they were doing some improv workshops and the idea came about about uh, a woman who was 25 and a young guy who was only 18 and what would happen if he asked her to teach him. Um, and that a whole short play sprung from that which then became a fringe show so actually it's that sort of fluid development that actually a lot of writers don't get the sort of privilege of or the time or the space to be able to create in that way so it's it's really nice to have the young people to bounce ideas off and sort of spark creativity within me absolutely absolutely and i wonder if you could tell us a bit about how um this has informed your own development as a writer how how that process because I suppose it's actually it's not dissimilar to um, the ensemble model which is is now comparatively rare mm-hmm. in the UK but is obviously still um, a major part of uh, European theatre culture and essentially it's it's that same model isn't it yeah working I, with the same mm-hmm. group of people and getting to know them yeah and totally because it's kind of like the best of both because you get that because sometimes you're writing for the same group but what's really nice is because they've got 8 to 10s, 11 to 14s, 14 to 16, 16 to 18, and then onward to the 18 to 25 um, model, you can sometimes be writing for a young person when they're like 8 or 9, and then, like, so I first wrote for them for in 2011, so you've kind of seen some of the people you started writing for in that group are now doing your much more sort of adult material, which is um, daunting in itself. Um, but yeah, it's really nice to have them to bounce off. It also... I think has improved my writing um, sort of outside of Strangetown because like, I've had challenges that I've never had to face when I'm just writing. I think a lot when you're putting a play into the world, we're so much told about like keeping cast sizes small in terms of a sort of put-on ability, if that's even a word. Um, it is now. Yeah, <laughs> it is now. Thank you. Um, so you're so used to this um, like two-handers, three-handers, maybe four at a push, whereas then like the current project, one of the casts had 28, I think. Wow. And trying to re- sort of write for a cast of that size. But it's not just writing 28 parts. You have to be, they're different. Some people will want a bit of a smaller part because that's what they feel comfortable with. Um, but it's trying to fit into sort of 50 minutes all those characters and give them all a sense that they're doing something, that they're important to that story. And actually... That's a challenge which has improved my writing for when I bring it down to a two-hander or a three-hander because it's about making sure that all the stories are doing their work in the most uh, concise and uh, reliable and efficient form. Absolutely, and it's an opportunity uh, to develop that side of the craft that I think lots of emerging writers just don't get yeah, at I an never, early stage of their career. Without Strange Sound, I never would have got that that chance to develop writing like what I said before it's like writing to that brief um, so the, the, my first brief for Strange for example was um, here are 11 11 to 14 year olds uh, we need a panto based on Snow White but it's relevant to them uh, and then I produced Snow White and Seven Delinquents uh, about a teenage rebellion happening in the woods um, and I, I was I, I produced work that I don't think I ever would have produced or pushed myself to produce outside of that that model 
And one thing we like to, we, we never really like to have a chorus. Even if there are ways of like, we bring in a choral element, we never like to have, just have like, your tree number four. Um, so it's made, it's forced me as well to think more theatrically of, um, so example, the shows that are coming up in What Now, we've got a narration element to it. Um, but some of the young people uh, were quite forward in the fact that they do not like narration. And it's about how we can make that interesting so as that everyone is sort of telling the story in an efficient way, but they um, are enjoying it and getting the most out of it. So it's actually pushed me to make the play way more theatrical than the first draft was. So, Which is fantastic, but I suppose also gives them the opportunity uh, to essentially become theatre makers themselves mm. rather than performers in that quite narrow uh, defined way that actually it's it's uh, testing their skills and giving them a platform. Yeah and I think the the most important lesson I got from this process was I think I tried to be a bit of a people pleaser when I first started um, and I was like this is their first chance to be on a Traverse stage I want them to all get the most out of it and I was very much trying to please everyone but then actually we had one session where we spoke to them and we were like actually this is why we've brought in the narration model um, you'll understand um, when you all flock to see um, what now that there's a very specific theatrical style of like how they talk and how the story's introduced and actually we had a session where we sat them down and explained well actually these are the reasons why we're telling the story in this way and actually I was expecting like oh they're going to turn and men hate it because we've essentially said no to them but actually it's what you said they all it kind of felt like they were more part of the process because a lot of them actually said oh we'd never thought about it in that way of oh if we all have a named character who's all got like a full character arc you can't have 28 of those in 50 minutes so it forced them to think more theatrically and more as theatre makers so then their ideas became a lot more about oh well what if we tell the story this way and we do um some physical theatre elements to help tell the story so that um i know in the rehearsal room has pushed them to be more theatrical which is which is great because it's part of what um as much as we want to tell a great story for the audience it's also about their development as well so they're the theatre makers of the future Indeed. And can you tell us a bit about what next, what now, its starting points and what you're, yeah, what you're wanting to say with it? Yep. Um, I was a little bit daunted when I first uh, got the commission because it was really open. Um, I normally like when you're like, Alan, you only have three characters in 45 minutes and it has to be done in an old hotel room with no lighting. Then I'm like, great. <laughs> um, whereas this one was, you've got the Traverse One stage and you've got a cast of... Um, I think it was 26 and one and 28 and the other uh, make a play <laughs> um, and that went from exciting to really terrifying all at once um, and what actually we did was in the rehearsal room um, the two directors uh, Debs and Amy were so important to my process because they have such a great relationship with the young people and they work with them year round um, so it very much became at the start them exploring what they think about the world um, so I did a lot of just sort of sitting around the corners of the room at first, um, sort of, and we did a lot of what they think about what, because we wanted the story to come from them, like what they think about the world, because um, so often we will write something or something will be written for them and they'll engage with it, but we wanted to say, well, what, what do you think about the world and what do you want to come out of it? And so much came out about like identity um, and what blew me away is how these sort of, 16 year olds um, 
up to somewhere like 18, I think somewhere like as young as 14, um, how much they're just so honest and frank about the world we live in. Like, I wish I could have been half as honest with myself as they are now. Like, talking about really serious... Like, we got talking about um, LGBT and, and sort of transgender. And I think I naively was thinking they were going to come with a lot of sort of Caitlyn Jenner-esque um, stories. And actually, they went a lot deeper than that into what issues there are. Um, and that became the jumping off point for how we talked about what it is to be a young person now. And that was a challenge for me because I'd kind of had an idea in my head about what I wanted to talk about. They didn't agree. <laughs> um, so <it laughs> so became, that was you told? Yeah, so that was me told. Um, and then, so then together, we kind of mashed our ideas together. Um, and I've ended up one, um, the first one, um, What Next, which is the slightly younger group, that is a lot about it's set in a school um, and there's kind of a, a mystery element. Um, as I'm trying not to, I'm really trying hard not to avoid a spoiler because I just almost did a clangor there. Um, yeah, there's a mystery element, kind of like a whodunit. Um, but it's kind of dealing with the idea of when new people enter your environment. And I think in a way it's actually talking very pertinently about the sort of migrant crisis and what it is for what it means to be on like home turf uh, and that started off as something completely different so um, that sprung some really interesting ideas uh, what now because it's the slightly older group who are sort of leaving school and entering out into the world I think that's become a lot more about personal identity um, so that started off as it was going to be like one final school trip where a lot of baggage is released and a lot of things are dealt with. Um, the young people thought that was a bit naff, having a school trip. So it's now a much cooler um, interrailing trip uh, before uni. Uh, which actually was great for me because I was I could uh, expand everything out rather than being... They were going to be like in a field in Shetland and now they're sort of travelling all across Europe. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Can't wait to see it. Um it was interesting hearing you say there, uh, kind of reflecting on your own experience of being 16 and how you might have felt and what you might have thought at, at that point. I'm interested to know, now that you're working so much with young people, what your observations are about what's perhaps changed in terms of provision for young people who are interested in making theatre and making work um, between when you were growing mm. up and maybe going, I want to write, I want to work in theatre in some way, and, and where the industry's at now. Yeah, I think um, one thing that was very different for me is I, I come from Castle Douglas, so like a very rural environment, um, and I got really lucky because there wasn't even like a drama department in my school. Um, so I got really lucky in that youth theatre was where I sort of found theatre that wasn't the local pantomime every year. Um, and I got even luckier that the guy who ran it happened to be a playwright and wanted to produce original work and so when I was 11 I got oh wow the um we can make theatre ourselves we don't have to do stuff that's been written already and I think that's why I have such an affinity to to Strangetown but what I think about the young people that I think has moved on and changed is I just think there's more of a they seem less self-conscious about issues around identity and actually putting forward their opinion um I have had plays reviewed by like people like Joyce McMillan and I think these children you know, sorry, young people are like far harsher critics than any of them like um, 
uh, we, we, like uh, you and I, Rosie, have had a, a meeting about like a first draft of one of my plays, and um, yeah, I compared to like when you take a first draft of the young people, you were a breeze. <laughs> <laughs> like a group of teenagers will let you know when you're in the wrong direction. But what's great is that it wasn't just. Um, because like, I think back to when I was that age and I think it would have been uh, yeah I like it it's funny or no I don't like it it's a bit boring whereas they're like no I think this is a theatrical cliche and I was like wow you're 14 <laughs> but they're very well versed which is great in the theatrical um, convention and yeah they know their stuff they know if you're um, they know if some what as well I think is really great is because some of them have been in Strange Town so long and developed through that someone a note I got was we've told this story before how can we tell it differently and I was like, wow, that is that is really switched on. They know what they're talking about and they're thinking about the audience. Um, so that's pushing me all the time. So the because of how well-versed they are, it's actually pushing me as well, which is great. Um, and they're always talking about like what, what they've seen and what productions they've seen. Um, and they're, they're so engaged, I think, which is what I'm jealous of. I wish I could have, um, I wish I could have been up. Uh, in Edinburgh when I was that age and be disengaged because but also what I think you can see within the group there are so many of them that want to become the theatre makers of the future but there are actually loads of them that want to be doctors architects but theatre is something like a really passionate hobby and I think that's really great as well because I was always someone I want to go and work in the arts but there are also these people who these young people who the arts for them is their outlet and then they've got the whole career path on another site so I think that's really great as well Fantastic thank you so much for giving us that insight into the work that you're making Um, Alan Gordon thank you Thank you very much We hope you enjoyed this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. For more information, please log on to www.traverse.co.uk.